This podcast is proud to be part of the TalkSport Fan Network. TalkSport. Powered by fans. Mom deserves the best, and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings. From premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts, start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market. The TalkSport Fan Network is proudly supported by McDelivery, bringing you the food you love. McDelivery brings a top-tier lineup of food right to your door. No matter the results, you'll always be winning with McDelivery. Order now on the McDonald's app and you'll get rewards points delivered too. So that ordering today means some tasty rewards for tomorrow. Only via app at participating restaurants. 18 plus rewards registration required. Points only on menu items, delivery fee and terms apply. See mcdonalds.com. Welcome to the No Name Ever podcast. There's going to be some people talking about stuff on Skype. It might be a bit crackly, but the quality of what they're saying is really good, so just open up your log holes. Good evening, and welcome to the No Name Ever podcast. I'm Jamie Smith, your host for tonight, and there's a few of us on the line today. We've got Good Adam Peep, who joins us from Australia, Kevin Robinson, Jones Bird, Dan Black, and Adam Howarth. Um, you can follow the podcast on Twitter as well with any comments you've got with the hashtag NNN pod. So um, chuck us in your views on that, and you can join in on the live chat as well. Um, Adam, we'll start off with the news as normal. Okay. Uh, Burnley suffered a 2-0 defeat at Brighton on Saturday with goalkeeper Tom Heaton sent off after 10 minutes uh, in, in the second half for unsporting behaviour. Sean Dice said, It can't be as the referee suggested. It's an outcome we are not happy with. The Clarets keeper was sent off after he received... A second yellow card. The first card came in the first half for taking out Brighton striker Leonardo Lower. Dice insisted the first yellow was a correct decision on the part of the referee as he did not deny a goal-scoring opportunity. Heaton will receive a one-game ban. It cannot be appealed. Elsewhere in club news, Ross Wallace has been ruled out uh, for a matter of months after undergoing knee surgery for wear and tear damage, which showed up in scans. Sean Dyche said he would not uh, make any knee-jerk reactions in the transfer market with regards to bringing in a re- replacement for Wallace. Burnley play Preston North End at home tomorrow in the Cup. Um, tickets are available on the gate. Back to you, Jamie. So the Brighton game then. James, you were at the game for us. What did you make of the, the performance first? And we'll talk about the, the red card decision a little bit later on. How did we do? Um, I mean, for the most part, we, we weren't terrible. <clears throat> but it certainly wasn't our, our best performance this season. Um, the first half, I thought, was quite evenly matched, and uh, I think that Heaton was probably lucky, to be honest. He wasn't the last man, but he did hack him down. It wasn't the most um, slight of touches, but um, despite that, we still looked quite good in the first half, and second half, we did come under a lot more pressure, even before the red card, and in fact, we were under quite a bit of pressure when the, the second yellow happened. And I think after that, it was always going to be game over, really. 
Um, Dan Blake from the Birmingham Express is with us today. Dan, do you think Tuna was fair overall, or did the red card sort of um, take away any chance we had of taking anything from the game? Yeah, I mean, I agree with uh, James to, to an extent. Um, I thought, I think Oscar Garcia has got a well-drilled side at, at Brighton now. He's, he's, find, he's finding a balance. And we did come, you know, under a certain amount of pressure, but you always felt comfortable. You never, you never thought that um, Brighton were ever going to break the deadlock. We always looked quite assured at the back. Um, but, I, I mean, for Brighton, I thought, Rowan into they've got from uh, from Chelsea, I think it is, was absolutely outstanding for them. I mean, he, he orchestrated everything from from deep in midfield and um, the pinging balls left, right, centre. Uh, Allure had a, a couple of half chances, nothing um, really to shout about. And then, obviously, the the header from from Longs put put Eaton under a bit of pressure, and and that's where the game game turns. So the red card decision, obviously, two incidents involving Tom Heaton. Um, the first, he was put under pressure after Kevin Long made a mistake. Um, the first one, James, do you think that did constitute a clear goal-scoring opportunity when he brought down Will Buckley? And should he have been sent off for that one? In which case, can we really complain about the, the red card later in the game? I mean, I thought he should have been sent off. But I don't think it was because it was a clear goal-scoring opportunity. Shackle is back. I think it was more sending off because he, he did bring him down very robustly. Um, the second one though was just bizarre. It was right in front of me in the uh, where the away fans sit. He, he went to roll it out, and it looked like he, he scooped it up into the air instead. And uh, Will Buckley was in and around in front of him. Looks like he's he gets a touch of his head. Um, it's hard to tell really. And then obviously Heaton goes to pick it back up again and gets a second yellow. But just before he collected the cross in his six yard box, and I. I can't remember which Brighton player it was, but one of them just lunged at him. So I think they, they could have been a free kick to Burnley before it even got to the point where he'd gone to roll it out. Um, if we can just clear up the rule, um, as far as I'm aware, you can't release the ball as a goalkeeper and then collect it again unless someone touches it. So it does depend if Buckley got a touch on the ball. Yeah, that's um, correct, yeah. What, what was your view of the second one, Dan? Do you think it was it's, unfair it's on Peyton? It's absolutely bizarre. I mean, what it seems to have happened is, I mean, he's just saved uh, an acrobatic effort from Aloha and he's gone to roll the ball out and it looks as though he's kind of changed his mind and gone to bring the ball back into his chest. Lost, lost like the control of the ball. Um, and then um, Buckley's come in. He's, he's, he came out after and, and admitted that he had touched the ball. And then... Heaton's gone and claimed it again, so there's there's no, you know, there's no no foul there. Um, there's, there's nothing to to penalise Heaton for. Um, I mean, Buckley and, and and Heaton were, I think they they known each other at Rochdale um, previously in the careers, and Buckley came into the press room after and admitted it, it did get a touch. It, it was unlucky, it was Heaton. So, uh, just bizarre, really. It's certainly a strange one. It sounds like the sort of thing that will come up on a pub quiz question at some point. Um, Kevin, yeah, I imagine so. Kevin, have you had a chance to look at the incident yet? What did you make of the the two yellow cards? Um, yeah, I've just watched for I've just watched for sending off um, again a couple of minutes ago. Um, from my highlights, it looks to me as though I'm not sure um, what Heaton was doing. It looks to me like he was possibly throwing a ball up in the air ready to kick it. Um, but the, the, just the, the first the first part of that movement is slightly obscured in my highlights, so uh, I can't be hundred percent of that as I wasn't in the game, but. Um, if you're going by the letter of the law, letter of the law, 
and the referee thinks that Buckley didn't touch it, then he did commit an offence. Uh, there's no mistake about that. But we, we need to judge these decisions within context. Um, to say that Heaton acted unsportingly is a, a disgrace to the game. Um, there's only one player that acted unsport, unsportingly, and he was wearing white, not yellow. Um, I, th- I think it feeds into a wider discussion about the kind of accountability of officials. Um, Burnley lost the game. Heaton was sent off and misses the next match. Um, they all suffered, but the referee made one wrong decision and he kind of walked away without any questions being asked uh, effectively. I mean, I'm not blaming the referee. Uh, he's got a tough angle. He's got a split second. If he sees uh, Heaton throw a ball in the air and then catch it again, um, that's fair enough for, for him to make that decision. But... Um, I do think he should come and talk to the press afterwards, uh, explain the decision, explain the reasoning behind how he came to make that decision. I think just going silent is quite a bit of an insult to Heaton, to Burnley and, and to football in general, really, I think. It would certainly be interesting if we had the referees coming into press conferences after the game, but I don't think that's likely at any point. Um, there, was, there was a suggestion that he could have waited a little while on the second one, spoken to his linesman and tried to get a clearer picture of what had gone on. Maybe even speak to Will Booker and see if he could um, shed some light on what had gone on. Um, James, you've got a quick point on the referee. Yeah, actually, it sort of feeds into that. He, he was very quick to come over and brandish the card. And almost afterwards, it looked like he, he was sort of having second thoughts. I don't know whether his linesman said something or the fourth official, but with the Burnley bench protesting, he did seem to act a little bit like he thought, maybe I've been a bit quick making that decision. Yeah, I think I think, I think think that's right. Um, I think the fourth official has tried having a word um, and, and, and Darch and Warren have obviously protested the decision and and then Sheldrake has just has just come over and uh, told Warren to go into the stands as well. So he's ended up sending uh, Ian Warren off as well. Um, Adam Heap, have you had a chance to see the incident yet? What did you do you make of the whole heat and scenario on Saturday? Yeah, um, I've watched the incident a few times uh, from the highlights, and from that angle, it's uh, it's very difficult to tell what what order things happened in. Um, but I mean, logically, there's no way Heaton deliberately releases it and then catches it the second time without something causing uh, like a Brighton player getting a touch, for example. Uh, I don't think he's got any reason to do so. Um, uh, so. I think I think what's actually happened is he's probably got a slight touch on it and he's gone to gather the ball again and then obviously the rest come over and uh, give him the second yellow. Well, the referees all know the rules, don't they? I mean, Heaton's quite young for a goalkeeper. He's been around a long time and trained at Manchester United. I'm sure he knows that he can't catch the ball again. Um, Heaton getting sent off did mean that there was a debut for Alex Chizaki, who had no chance with a second goal. But um, did he do OK, Dan, in his little cameo? Presumably he'll start in goal tomorrow night with Heaton suspended. Yeah, he'll, he'll start tomorrow night. Um, to be fair, you know he's, he's he's not had much to do. He's he's come for a few crosses, which he's seemed quite confident with. Uh, and like you say, not a chance with that second goal. It's a it's a fantastic header from a lower. You know, he's just cranked his his neck muscles and, and put it right in the corner. Uh, and there's not there's not much you can do. And it's always hard for a goalkeeper as well with with very little experience to to come into a game like that. I mean, like James was saying earlier. Brighton's momentum was building at that point, um, and and the first thing he faced was a was a free kick. Uh, luckily, that that went off target. But yeah, it it was hard for him, and uh, you know, hopefully, you'll you'll get a good chance to see him against Preston tomorrow. Um, probably a key factor in the the end result 
um, was the performance of Kevin Long, who's had quite a good start to the season, but unfortunately did make a couple of bad mistakes that cost us. Um, James, do you think maybe... Um, we'll come back to Chizak in a little while, but do you think on Kevin Long, maybe the pressure of having Duff and me back in the squad maybe told a little bit? He didn't have a good game on Saturday, did he? Um, no, it wasn't his best game. But I think he's only young and he's going to make mistakes. I'm not sure if it's necessarily down to pressure of Duff, me being back in contention. I think it's just sometimes you're going to get those mistakes. It wasn't nice conditions there either, which I, I really don't think helped him. Um, I'll just go somewhere quickly on Sizak as well. That um, Jason Shackle at times seemed to be berating him for his his decision not to roll the ball to Shackle, um, which was a bit bizarre because Shackle was half the time marked. And though he seems to think he's got Superman abilities at carrying the ball out, he wasn't doing a great job of it on Saturday. So that was a bit concerning to see, really. There was that moment as well, uh, James. Yeah, I, I picked up on that as well. Um, where eventually Chizak's kind of given in into Shackle, is rolled the ball out to him from uh, is, is is not the ball to him from a free kick on the edge of the box, and immediately he's been put under pressure and and almost lost possession in, in a bizarre in a bizarre position. Um, Adam, you've got a point on the new goalkeeper as well. Yeah, I mean, obviously uh, it's never good to have a keeper sent off, but I mean, I think more than anything, this presents an opportunity for uh, for Chizak to come in. Uh, I mean, we've got no shortage of keepers having come in this uh, this window, and I think that uh, Chizak will be looking to put his claim in with a good ninety minutes against Preston and uh, hopefully a clean sheet. And uh, on a side note, he's also got Australian connections, so more power to him. Excellent. <laughs> yeah, you've got a good point about the goalkeepers there. I mean, when it was clear that Heaton was going to be number one and we kept signing these other goalkeepers, and my question was how many times are they actually going to play? And we're not through August yet, and Alex Chizak's going to play. So that's me told. Um, one other point I want to come to on um, the Brian defeat before we move on to the quiz, which is excellent this week, by the way, was Keith Tracy, who we talked about extensively last week, and we thought he might get a start, and he did. Um, Dan, how did Tracy do on Saturday? Well, after after the Oval game, you know, after he turned that game on his head, he, he came out after and told the press that he, he felt the penny had dropped. And, you know, if he carries on like that, it, I might believe him, because he... It, it, He'd not done himself any harm at all. I thought he was very positive. He, he played very well and, and very unfortunate to be replaced by Chizak, you know, following following the red card. So, um, yeah, I was happy with him. Um, and I think, you know, he's obviously got talent. He's, he's so frustrating because you know he can make a difference in games. But if he gets his head down and, and, and shows us what he is about, I, th- I think he could prove to be a very key player for us this year. Um, just before we move on to other people and their thoughts on Keith, I've been asked by Andy on the blog to ask you about your sock. I'm not sure what that's about, Dan. But what's <laughs> this about your sock? <laughs> um, <laughs> uh, well, when uh, when we got promoted... Sorry, on a family-friendly podcast. Well, I, I, it, was, uh, it was kind of used to, for comfort. When Burnley got promoted to the Premier League, uh, me and a few lads uh, walked to the first away game against Stoke. And uh, a little bit of chafing went on, and uh, the sock came into into play. Um, down my shorts to, 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 to attempt to stop the chafing. <laughs> That's the story of the sock. Oh dear. Um, uh, well, thanks, Andy, for yeah, yeah. Th- just thank Andy for that, please. <laughs> uh, back to uh, more on the pit. Um, Totally lost my train of thought there. We were talking about Keith Tracy, James. I, I think Tracy waved at you on Saturday, didn't he? He did actually, yeah. He, the lads were on the coach after, and I was walking past, and uh, 
I don't know if he actually realised I was a Burnley fan, but I, I did get a little wave. Give him a thumbs up. Um, I thought he had a decent game, to be honest, as as well as you can play in that kind of uh, that kind of game. It wasn't a game where we were on top, so it's hard to sort of judge a winger on his dominance. Um, but I thought he was unlucky to go off because um, I'm not really sure what Scott Arfield did all game. I don't know whether he's you know he's got some information on someone or something, but he just seemed to be uh, impossible to substitute. Um, he seems to have a bit of um, drive from the bench against Yeovil, doesn't he? I mean, it was his shot that went in off Sam Volks for the second. Yeah, I mean, in the main, I've been impressed with him off the bench, but just on on Saturday, it seemed baffling that he he remained on for so long, especially when you know we were looking to well. At the point, it's 2-0 and you're down to 10 men. I don't think it matters if you concede more goals. So I probably wouldn't have bothered bringing Edgar on because, you know, what are you really gaining by sharing up your defence at 2-0 down with 10 men? I think Dash maybe thought that um, after it was Arfield and Tracy changed the game against Yeovil, it was worth putting them both in. Stanislaus didn't play well against Yeovil, but I would expect Stanislaus to be back for, for Derby. Um, Kevin, you were quite strong on Keith Tracy last week. Um was there anything on Saturday to change your mind or do you think he's still got a long way to go to prove himself? Uh, yeah, everyone knows I'm uh, I'm Keith's biggest fan. Um, yeah, obviously he's, he has still got a long way to go. Um, he's had a couple of good, good performances now, which which is encouraging. Um, but he'll have to give us another couple, two or three more before um, the corner's really turned. But definitely can't complain if, if he's going to get his foot, uh, put his foot in and start um, making a difference in games. Uh, just a quick point in Long as well. Um, with with me and Duff coming in, I really hope that uh, that Dice keeps his faith in him. I think uh, he's been really patient. He's been with us for years uh, before he's finally got his chance to get in. Uh, I think it'd be a bit of a kick in the teeth to get dropped after one mistake. Um, and I also think it'd be a really good sign of great confidence from a manager to stick by him. Um, got to remember as well that Long had a really pretty disastrous start to his um, career in England. He obviously didn't play for us for ages when he went to Accrington. Got a red in his first game, uh, made quite a few mistakes in the next couple of games, which got later goals, but he's grown so much since then. So we all know he's got it in him to to grow from his mistakes. Um, so I think we, I think it's really important we stick by him and he continues um, alongside Chapel. Yeah, it'll be interesting to see um, the team selection tomorrow night in the, the Preston game, which we'll come to a little bit later on in the podcast. Um, Adam, we didn't have you on last week when we were talking about Keith Tracy. Uh, what's your views on him? Um, do you think that his personal issues have perhaps been a, a good enough reason for his struggles in the last couple of years, or would you like to see a bit more from him? Yeah, I mean, uh, the talk, you talked last week about um, whether he has one good game all season. Uh, I mean, it's difficult to tell in a game like this after he's the one who gets subbed out uh, when Heaton goes off uh, for Sysak to come on. Um, but, I mean, I, with the squad depth we've got, I mean, we're obviously uh, a few players short. I mean, I think he could still play an important role this season if uh, if we don't see many incoming players before the window shuts. Well, um, obviously, Tracy against one of his old clubs tomorrow night. If he gets the game, it'll be interesting to see the team. We will come on to that quite shortly. Um, is it, is it, it, can I just make one quick point, sorry, from the yep, yep. game? Go sorry, on. To, sorry to interrupt. No, but, you're um, all right. Go on. I know James and Kevin will have spotted this as well. I mean, it's immediately in the second half, trailing one uh, nil, I think Ings is pulled down by Upson on the uh, eighteen, right on the eighteen yard line on the edge of the box. Free kick, perfect opportunity to to force an equaliser. You know, you, you, you want to make the keeper, you want to force the keeper into making a save. You want to at least hit the target. 
what's happened is Kieran Trippier has flicked the ball up to David Jones and they've gone for the spectacular and Jones has just fired the ball on the volley into, into the stands and I thought it was absolutely ludicrous how, uh, you know, Dutch didn't seem to bat an eyelid. He just like carried on getting behind his, his lads. It was just absolutely pathetic how they did not struck for, you know, they just needed to hit the target and, and work the keeper. And I think Jones scored a similar one, didn't he? At, at Wolves, the, the flick it up and hit it. So it's obviously a tactic he likes. But yeah, in that situation, surely you want to make sure you're working the keeper, especially when Kushak had so, so little to do. Um, exactly. Yeah, I think if, if you're 3-0 up, try it. If you're 3-0 up, fine, try it. If you, you're 1-0 down, chasing a point, hit the target. Sure. It's obviously something they've worked on on the training ground, so it'll be interesting on, to see if we see that, that again. I was, uh, I was sat with Kieran, and he said that He's seen a video before where Jones spent basically an hour doing that and he only scored like three or four times, something like that. <laughs> so I'm not really sure in a game like that is the time to bring it out. It missed back quite away though, didn't it, James? Yeah, it was more of a, a conversion than a, a attempt. Yeah, yeah. Three points to Wigan rather than three points to Burnley. Um, yeah. Right, it's quiz time. Cue the music, Adam. Here we go. Uh, last week's quiz was a raving success. It was fantastic. So let's hope it goes down quiet. Well, this week as well. Um, it's another player-based quiz. Let me just find the question. The 1999-2000 to 2000 promotion season under Stan Turner that culminated in that glorious win at Scunthorpe with Glenn Little and Mickey Mellon on the score sheet, two of which I've just given away the answers for, so there's one to start with. Every player who made an appearance for the first team in that season. Uh, we'll kick things off with the panel. So, um, James, do you want to have a first guess? Just stunned silence. Um... <laughs> Everyone, everyone's like, what? <laughs> I'll just run through the question again in case you didn't understand it. The 1999 to 2000 promotion season, understand turning when we got promoted at Scunthorpe on the last day. Every player who made an appearance in that season. James. Um, Paul Weller. Paul Weller is correct. Only eight appearances, though, Paul Weller. Um, Kevin, it was your quiz, so I'm not sure if we're going to spend a lot of time with you on this. I don't know if it's fair to, to ask you when you came up with a question, but do you want to have a guess straight off the bat? Um, I actually didn't. <laughs> I came up with a question, but I didn't look at the... Uh, oh, excellent, look, excellent. Look at the answer, so, but I'm going to go with the obvious one with um, Ian Wright. Ian Wright is an excellent show. Obviously came at the end of the season and scored a couple of crucial goals. 15 apps, actually, for the club. Um, Adam Howarth, you've been quiet so far, f- focusing on your producing duties today. I'll throw this one to you because you said you haven't got a clue. You must be able to come up with someone from that season. I have well, To be fair, you were quite young at the time. Yeah, I was four or five. <laughs> <laughs> what sort of an excuse is that? <laughs> I haven't got a clue. Um, was Steve Davis playing? Yes, yeah. he was. Steve Davis is a good shout. Um, he's on the list. 48 appearances, one of the most important players that season. Um, the other, Adam, any guesses? 1999 to 2000 promotion year? Um, blimey, I'm terrible with my history. I think I was probably about 10 years old. Um, I'm going to say Paul Crichton. Paul Crichton is a very good guess. He was the goalkeeper for that whole season. 53 appearances, the most of anyone in the squad that year. Um, Dan, a couple of guesses from you? Um, uh, Glenn Little. Glenn Little's there, 48 goals, obviously on the score sheet that day in Scunthorpe. 
Um, was Paul Cook on there? Paul Cook, yep, 49 appearances. He started most of those games as well. Um, we'll come back to the quiz a little bit later. If you're listening live, please do join in. Um, I've got my favourite just before we, we move on, though. Go on, then, James. I don't know how many times you would have played, but I'm sure Chris Brass was still at the club. Chris Brass. I didn't think he anyone was, was going to get Chris Brass. He's my hero. I have the old... Really? That's I have a the old, hero. I have the, I have the old uh, yellow Adidas kit, you know, with the three claret stripes on it. Yeah. Good kit, I've got, I've got I've got Chris Brass on that. Nine appearances, Chris Brass. Childhood hero. Um, I tried to sign him as my assistant on Football Manager the other day, but... My uh, my current assistant's mutual termination was too expensive. So. And that own, go- uh, that own goal he scored was magical as well. So all that went in off his face. That was yeah. just how it worked. Um, we'll get Adam to put the quiz on Twitter, I think, as well. So, uh, the chat's a bit quiet today. I think everyone's out enjoying the, the bank holiday. So um, play along at home if you're listening later. But we'll, ca- we'll come back to the quiz a little bit later. Um, I want to move on now to tomorrow night and Preston North End in the second round of the Capital One Cup. Um, tickets are available on the door tomorrow night at £15 for adults and um, I think the club's expected to be quite busy so if you are going along make sure you get there in plenty of time otherwise you might miss the start Um, there has been a little bit of controversy over the club's decision to only open the lower tiers and that's put a few season ticket holders noses out of joint because they can't sit in their seats James have you got any particularly strong views on the ticketing and the stands issue? Um, well, I was always a. I always sat in the James Hargreaves upper, so I'd, I'd always prefer that stand. But um, I think the club's reasoning spot on. If you're not going to get enough people to fill the three lower tiers, just fill the three lower tiers and get a get a bit of an atmosphere going. Because there's no point having everyone sat fifty feet away from the players. Well, that that is one of the reasons that we've we've had. I think um, it was it was Jason Shackle wasn't it in his program notes that said the decision was that the players wanted people to be close to the pitch. Um, Dan, tickets at fifteen pounds. Obviously, the clubs had to both both decide on the on the ticket prices. So maybe Preston weren't willing to go lower. Um, do you think the clubs got it right on firstly the pricing and secondly um, the decision to only open the lower tiers as well? Yeah, I mean, I agree with James. Definitely, there's not much you can do if you if you're not expecting the crowd the, the crowd to fill the ground and there's not much point in opening the top tiers um 15 pounds it's a derby it's a cup game this this you know there should be an a decent atmosphere if if we're pushing five figures with attendance uh, i think i think it's it's just about right yeah well hopefully it will be a biggish crowd i think um this has slightly overshadowed it and hopefully the weather will be good because i think that might put some people off that that want to um Go along. James has just made a point that Luton against Cambridge was eighteen pounds today, so there's a bit of perspective there for fifteen quid to watch Burnley v Preston and what's the derby game as well. Um, so the first round away at York, um, Dash played the strongest team he had available to him. Everyone who's played the first four games, um, are we expecting a similarly strong lineup tomorrow, Dan, or do you think maybe Ben Me and Michael Duff might come in? Um, obviously, you 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 get Chizak um, replacing Heaton, um, and I think I think Darch is is keen on on consistency and, and building that momentum. I don't think we'll see whole, certainly not wholesale changes. Like you say, you know, I, I think Duff may possibly come in for long tomorrow. Um, I don't think we'll see many more changes from that, to be honest. 
Um, Adam, you've got a point to make about the ticket prices as well. Um, are you expecting many changes? Do you fancy a strong team to make sure that we go on a good cup run this year? Yeah, I'd also uh, probably not suspect many changes to the lineup aside from what's already been mentioned. I think uh, Dice is probably looking to keep that uh, team dynamic going with the uh, small bunch of tight-knit players. Uh, seem to work well for Coyle, so uh, I think I think that's probably the route he'll take. Just on the ticket prices, um, I took a scan around some of the other prices for this round of the Cup. Um, a couple of Premier League sides are offering tickets cheaper than our game. West Brom, Newport, £14. Uh, Sunderland, MK Dons, only £10. I mean, obviously our game's a uh, derby, so... Uh, Maybe there's a little uh, reason to put the price up there. But, I mean, personally, from my view, look, I'm not going to be paying for a ticket price myself, obviously. But if the club's looking for a bit of extra cash after uh, announcing £8 million in losses, uh, you know, I don't really blame them. And considering Preston aren't a twice-a-season fixture for us anymore, uh, I don't really see a massive cause for complaint. I mean, um, you know, the atmosphere should be good. Uh, if you're not willing to stump up 15 quid, you just don't go. Simple as that. Well, that's a very good point, and... People will decide whether fifteen quid's the right price for them. Um, I'm not sure Preston is that big a game for us anymore, especially with Rovers in the same division as us, and now Preston struggling a little bit in in League One. So maybe it won't be that great an atmosphere. But I'm sure the Preston fans will be up for them. It's a big game for them, probably their biggest of the season. Um, Kevin, you've got a point on the the size of tomorrow night's game. Uh, yeah, I just think that. Um... I mean, although we've all reveled in in Preston's misery, I think I think don't think anybody any club can really say if they haven't missed this fixture. Uh, I think if you look at some of our, our best games of the last fifteen years, uh, Preston features pretty well, pretty heavily on that list. Uh, we always seem to be very end to end thrillers, loads and loads of goals. We'll always remember um, the last time we played, and it was uh, that, that fantastic Wellamore and, uh, and Jim Rodriguez inspired late, late revival. Uh, a couple of years earlier, you had Frank's deep swinging cross, and then Andy Gray's um, kissing kissing St. Ledger on the floor after that own goal. That's one of my favourites. Is that definitely? Yeah, we're all, we're all, it's always a fantastic game. Um, and also at the other end as well, I think the Greza um, Nugent free kick goal against us um, was I think that's probably the best goal I've seen on the turf. Um, it's always it's always a really good atmosphere. It's always great football, loads of goals, lots of attacking stuff. So um, yeah, I think I think it is a big game for us. I think it's it's a game that is always really exciting. I think our recent games against Blackburn have usually been quite a bit of an anticlimax, quite disappointing. Not many goals, not much to, not much really happening. Whereas Preston is for polar opposite. Um, yeah, I think we'll all be happy for them to stay in the sewers for as long as we can. But I'll have no complaints if we come back up. Um, it's a top top fixture. Uh, we'll come back to the quiz in just a second. So get your thinking caps on again. Um, but we'll just do some quick predictions for the Preston game then. Um, Dan, do you think it uh, should be a comfortable home win for us, shouldn't it, tomorrow night? Um, yeah, I saw, I saw a stat earlier to saying that we'd, we're unbeaten in nine uh, home fixtures in, in the competition. So, you know, it'd be, be good if we could keep that going. Um, I, I'm going to go for... I think it'll be quite tight, but I think we'll edge it maybe maybe 2-3-1. Two, two, James? Um, yeah, I, I agree with it. Yeah, I'll catch you with a mouthful pasta there, sorry. No, sorry. What actually happened was that <laughs> someone spoke in the chat and it covered up my current call box, so I couldn't unmute my mic because um, I was looking at something else. Yeah, I agree with it. It's probably going to be quite tight. I mean, I'm just looking at um, the stats for it and Preston haven't really won many times at Turf Moor and then tied in with the, our record in the Cup at home. I think it should be a, a Burnley win. 
and there's only a few goals, so for free. Oh, that would be fun then. Um, you'll be doing the, the live blog, of course, today. The first time this season, James Bird will be his triumphant return. We've been doing all right without him, so we haven't missed him that much, but James will be in charge on the live blog tomorrow night. That'll be from about half past seven on the site. Um, Kevin, prediction for tomorrow night from you, please? Yeah, like I said, lots of goals. It's going to be... Uh, I'm going to go 3-2, but I think we'll take the lead, press to equalise. Uh, then we'll we'll take it again, value equalise, and we'll come back with, with a late winner, about two minutes from time. That's my prediction. Get down the bookies for that one. That was very precise. Um, Adam Heap, predictions? Uh, yeah, I also saw the same statistic, uh, unbeaten at nine at home in the cup. Um, I've heard that the most common score in football these days is 2-1, so I'm going to go for Clarets to win 2-1. We've got another stats man. James, your position might be under threat here. Uh, rounded off, we're we going for a clean sweep on the on the wins there. Other Adam, producer Adam. We need a nickname for you, Adam. <laughs> He's Aussie Adam, I'm normal Adam. Yeah, that one. Normal Adam. <laughs> Actually, I'm not that normal. Um, uh, I'll go with 4-2 because everyone else has said the ones that I wanted. I wanted to go 3-2, but um, Kevin's already said it. I'm not really sure what everyone else has said, but I'm going to go 5-0. Um, there's some comments on Twitter about ticket prices. Have you got those in front of you, Adam? Yep. Um, Curtis Lee Baker says that the tickets tickets are just right. Um, Daniel Stanworth says they're just right too. And Master Munchie says uh, prices are between £5 and £15. Like, we didn't already know that. Thank you, Master Munchie. (laughs) That's informative. Brilliant. Um, Right, so we'll go back to the quiz now. And Nathan Rogers has helpfully provided... Excuse me, quite a long... Is he gone? I think he's gone. Yeah, Nathan Rogers has um, given quite a long list of players. Um, he, I don't know if we should read them out because they're all gone. Um, yeah, yeah, I'll, I'll go through the list. I was talking on off there which isn't a good way to do broadcasting so I don't recommend trying that and um, we've had Paul Crichton but Dean West is on the list nicknamed Fred for obvious reasons Dean West that's a good one um, 41 appearances for the right back who else have we got on there Mitchell Thomas I think we'd already had did someone said Mitchell Thomas no Thomas is on there another from right at the top 51 appearances who else is there? Mickey Mellon, 48 appearances on the goal, on the score sheet at Scunthorpe as well, of course. Gordon Armstrong. I don't think Gordon Andy. Armstrong's right. I think he's wrong. Andy Purton as well, weren't they? Andy Purton. If I don't give him a mention. <laughs> right up there with 47 appearances. Who else did Nathan say? Um, the two cooks. Andy Cook as well, 41 appearances for him. I'd, that partnership with Payson, of course, was fantastic that season. Lenny John Rose had about 17 spells for the club, 39 appearances that season. Yeah, and Lenny, Lenny was uh, 
Len- Lenny was going to be my guest just for the, just for the law of averages for uh, <laughs> the chances was more, he was here more seasons, more seasons in our history Lenny John Rose will be on there and Ronnie Jepson who made 36 appearances of probably about 36 minutes of game time in those 36 games he came off the bench a long a lot of those appearances I would say Graham Branch was another of guesses 50 appearances for Graham DiBranchio and coming to the end of Nathan's guesses here Tom Cowan 11 appearances, famous for that overhead kick at Macclesfield, I think it was. And his last guest was Paul Smith, 24 appearances. Um, So that's worked through quite a lot of them. I can tell you the six still remaining. Was uh, John Mullen mentioned there? John Mullen has not been said yet, and he's had 42 appearances. The highest of anyone left is at least five players, two of which are extremely difficult. Can I mention Mark Robertson from Australia? Mark Robertson. I thought you might get that one, Adam. Three appearances for the Aussie. Four to get. We've had some more guesses on um, on Twitter, but we'll we'll just see if the panel can round these off before we give credits out for for the Twitters. Anyone? Anyone got any more guesses? Dan, maybe. Um. I'll give you some clues if you can't get any on this round. Is the the, the uh, oh, dear, what's his name? Striker that didn't play that often. Uh, Alan Lee. Alan Lee's the one, 20 appearances. Uh, probably more, mostly from the bench again. Um, any guesses there, James? Or Kevin? Or Adam? Tumbleweed. <laughs> I think, I think uh, a clue then for the, the highest number left. Um, a defender, big strong lad. Sign from Bournemouth. Well, we definitely need a uh, tumbleweed <laughs> sound. Oh, I'm disappointed you haven't got this. It, it was one of my favourite players when I was growing up. He, he had one of these tackles that he went down to get the ball and he stood up all in one motion and he'd have the ball with him. Played at the back with Thomas and Davis and West. I've, I've actually got the list in front of me on, on the chat, so I think it'd be cheating really to... Chime so, in at this point. Is, is anyone right? Okay, we'll go through the Twitter comments. <laughs> <laughs> I'm giving up on you. Like you are rubbish. Jack Turner. Jack Turner is going to come to our rescue, and he's got the defender, which was Ian Cox. Oh, I had the defender as well, but that's because I've seen his tweet. <laughs> Fair enough. And I think we might be able to. You re- might be one short. He's got one of the ones that was left, which was Peter Swan. Only two appearances for Peter Swan who I think was on Twitter making some comments about Plymouth Argyle that were quite amusing the other day. Um, there's one left. Sorry, that was uh, Nathan Rogers again with some of those names. Yep, there's one left, and I don't think you're going to get this. I had to actually look up his Wikipedia page because I didn't know anything about him. An Irish player who went back to Ireland afterwards. You're not going to get it, are you? No one's going to get it. Nope. Nope. A player called Stephen Grant. Who? Does that ring any bells? Stephen Grant? Can't remember him existing. Nope. <laughs> Definitely doesn't exist. Marco Gentili. A, a huge impact. Uh, well, two appearances and both were from the bench. Marco Gentili is wrong, I'm afraid, Andy, but um, good shout out on Ian Cox. I missed your comment there. Um, I'm not sure we're going to have any luck with this, but I also put together a list of the players who were in the first team squad but didn't actually get on the pitch. <laughs> I'm not sure you're going to get any of these, but does anyone want to throw some names that players that were around the squad but didn't actually get on? 
Why are you doing this? <laughs> I have no idea. I'm, I, put, I did research to come up with this list, so I'm determined to use it. There's a couple of players who did go on to play occasionally. One was goalkeeping coach at Turf Moor for a while. I think. Um, no. No, this is falling flat. This is a terrible <laughs> idea. I'll run through the list anyway. There was Craig Mawson, Jerry Harrison, oh, Anthony Chapman, Eamon Kelly. Eamon Kelly, not one I recognise. Alex Kevin, Matthew Hayward, Michael Devaney, Chris Scott, Brad Mailer, and John Williamson. So that was the triumphant 99-2000 promotion squad. Um, that quiz wasn't quite as good as last week's, was it? <laughs> On something else. Um, so Preston tomorrow night, and we'll look ahead to Saturday's game, which is at Derby County. Might be another tough one after a Brighton. A bit of a tricky double header after such a strong start to the season, Dan. Yeah, I mean, there's not going to be any any easy fixtures. I know it's a cliche, but there isn't any easy fixtures in in this division. It just gets stronger and stronger every year. And um, a derby, slightly inconsistent. Um, you know, they'll pick up a decent result one week and and they'll get beaten at home the next week. So I, I, you know, we usually do all right there. Um, Obviously, Granty will be in the net, so it'd be nice to uh, stick a few past him. Did you I, see I, the goal the other week, Lee Grant? It was really did, awesome. yeah. quite funny. The defender basically tried to clear it from behind him on the post, and it just hit him and went in. <laughs> to be honest, that's, that's unfair to credit to him, because well, the defender has absolutely thumped at him from well, yeah, point but blank. It he wasn't going to do anything, it. can it? it? It still has to be a Grant own goal, because it, it wasn't going in before well, it hit. He, he, he wouldn't, it wouldn't be unreasonable like... for him to feel, uh, feel <laughs> a bit ha- hard done by that. I'll be happy with one of them on Saturday anyway. <laughs> they all count, like the second one against Yeovil that went in off Sam Volks' backside. <laughs> he okay. meant it. I think he meant it. <laughs> I think Arfield angled the drive-in off Volks, didn't he? It was, it was <laughs> a bit of wonderful. It's something they've been working on on the training ground, I think. <laughs> I think. I think as a tactic, there is legs in that. I mean, you, see, you, you see, you see, it used in other sports. The deflection, you shield the goalie a little bit. Well, and then Fox is a big lad. There's plenty of Sam Fox to aim at. I mean, if he just shields the goalkeeper's view a little bit, and then you get it off his backside, keeper's got no chance, has he? I mean, exactly. Going back to that free kick against Brighton, you know, if if Arfield had taken the free kick and hit it against Fox, you, you might have expected a bit of a better result. Uh, it, would, it would put a new meaning to the phrase "target man," wouldn't it? If, exactly, <laughs> yeah. I mean, once the three kicks been hit, the keeper's probably dive. So, as long as it just goes off his backside somewhere in the direction of the net, it's probably going in. Um, can we get some padding for Sam Volk? So <laughs> it could be quite painful. Um, let's, away- hope, uh, let, let's hope so. Sean Dice is listening. <laughs> if you are Sean, then we'll get you on sometime and also get Sam Volks for the proper target, man. Um, Adam Heap, then, Saturday away at Derby. What do you make of that game? Is it going to be a tough one for us? Yeah, I think especially coming off the uh, the Brighton away game, I mean, two away games in a row is never easy. Uh, I'm, I could be totally wrong in this, but I think we've got an all right record against Derby, so uh, I'd fancy us to get a point, but, uh, but we might be stretching it for three at the moment, I think. We've won a couple there recently, I think. Um, James will be doing his previous encounters columns to tell us a bit more, but I think um, Charlie Austin in particular had a, a pretty good record at Pride Park, I think. Um, James, any games at Derby recently stick in the memory? Um, well, I went last year, I think. It was the day after my... Was it the, no, it was the day before my birthday, so, I mean, it's memorable for that reason. Um, <laughs> whether it was memorable on the pitch, I'm not sure. Um <laughs> 
I think it was a, it was a decent result that day. So if we had a, another one like that on Saturday, I'd be quite happy. Um, obviously, producer Adam, I've decided that's what I want to call you. We've got some more comments from Twitter about the um, the ticket prices for tomorrow night. Uh, yes, um, let me see. Elliot Kinsella said um, the the tickets right. Uh, ticket prices are just right. To be honest, low prices equals higher attendance. I don't think that's quite true, but um, anyway. And then someone replies to him saying. Uh, even better attendance and atmosphere if they open more tiers. So he's he's obviously trying to um, be an advocate for the opening up more tiers. But as yeah. James said, um, I mean, if if you sell out the tiers that were open, you'd open more. But clearly, it's uh, not too popular. Um, Adam's done some research on Derby stats for us, Adam. Uh, yeah, apparently we've not lost at Derby since 2007 and we've won our last four encounters there, so not a bad record. That's an excellent record there. I've just been told I'm a bit like Jeff Stelling today. I'll, I'll tell you that, Jeff Stelling's a fantastic broadcaster. Um, right, what was I going to do next? I've been distracted by that compliment. Fancy football update. Um, Norman and Ever's running a few fantasy football leagues this year, one of which um, the classic... Premier League, I'm being told it's now a bad Jeff Stelling. Thanks a lot, lads. <laughs> Top of the league at this stage. Obviously, this game week, um, not quite over yet because there's Chelsea versus Manchester United tonight. But Shepherds Rappers are top. That's Chris Shepherds' team. And Richard Council is in second with Joe Patterson third. Uh, a few of our panellists tonight are in that league. Adam Heap is doing the best of those, I think. You're 14th with Claret City Knights. So well done there. I'm a solid 50th place. Quite chuffed with that. Andy Devaney is on the on the chat. Your sixtieth, Andy, slightly ahead of James Bird, who slipped to sixty second after a poor week. And last place is Steve Foster. I, I do have some big players in tonight's game, though. So, uh, well, uh, I think Eden has him to my captain, so hopefully he's going to pull it out. Of the well, path. I've, I've got Van Persie and Czech and Ivanovic. And one man, oh. which on which note I'm fuming at Jose Mourinho. What is he yeah. doing with one man? One man is not playing. How is that? Work? Absolutely baffling. Mata was the best player in the league for me last year, and he's he's not he's not playing him. He's not making I mean, any sense. I know I like to use uh, Jose Mourinho saying wingers should play on the opposite sides as a justification for it, but screw that. I hate Jose Mourinho. He's wrong about everything. <laughs> <laughs> I, I can't understand, just on a, a point about matter, this deal that's been mooted about a possible swap for Wayne Rooney, I, I can't get my head around that. Surely if that deal is on the table, you know, I would have ripped the hands off. because he, he is the best playmaker in the Premier League. There is no better midfielder in the Premier League. Chelsea have got about eight different playmakers now, so they're obviously going to have to rotate. Um, anyway, I, I don't know why we're talking about this. We need to move on. Um, one of the other things I wanted to do was our new Player of the Month award. Um, we're going to be teaming up with the Burnley Express for this, um, and that will begin after the game on Saturday, I think, after full-time against Derby. Um, there'll be a couple of different ways you can vote. There'll be a poll on the, the Burnley Express website, where you can vote for who you think your best player has been throughout August. And you can also vote via Twitter using the hashtag ClaretsPOTM. Um, add any comments that you want if you're voting on Twitter as well, and we'll put them on the site, and they might even make it into the paper when we announce the winner. And there will be a trophy at the end of the season that we'll be presenting to the, the winner. So that's something to look forward to. I'm sure that's going to go down pretty well. Dan, is that... Um, something the Express is looking forward to this Player of the Month 
prize. Yeah, I think it's I think it's a great initiative, really. You're te- teaming up with yourselves, obviously. Um, it, it it just gives fans a voice, and I, I think you know any club fans deserve a voice. Um, I'm sure awards awards have gone by in, in the past few seasons where where fans haven't agreed with the player of the season. Um, so yeah, it gives them the opportunity to to air their views and and give an opinion on on why they think that player deserves the award. Absolutely, and we'll do a little bit more on on the player of the month next week because I think when the podcast is live, the vote will be open, so we'll make our own arguments for player of the month there and uh, encourage you to all all to vote along. Right to end off the podcast tonight, to end tonight's pod, I want to talk a little bit about transfer activity. Um, <laughs> Ross Boyce's injury was. Um, Obviously, a bit of a shock to most of us. He didn't realise he was carrying this knee problem. But it does mean he's going to be out for some time, which surely means we're going to have to bring someone in. I think most fans would have liked to have seen a couple of bodies anyway, but but the fact that Wallace is going to be missing, is is that maybe going to force, force Sean Dyche's hand, which is very difficult to say. Dan, do you think we'll be trying to get someone in this week? I don't, I don't think he's got any option, to be honest. I think... I think... You know, it's, it's not just there. We're, we're looking for competition. We need someone up front as well. Um, Sam Vox is, is probably going to get you ten at best throughout the season. You know, we don't know how many Ings is going to get us, but we've lost thirty-six goals in Austin and Patterson. And um, you know, we need we need competition for places. We've we've got Noble, but you know, just how much of an impact he's going to make is yet to be seen. You know, and and again, if if anything happens to Ings or Vox, you, you're stuck then, aren't you? Um, I was surprised. I thought Craig Davis, you know, we might have seen something there. I think Bolton are commanding a fee. Burnley are obviously short in the coffers. I don't think I think gonna think they're gonna be looking for loan players. It the same with Billy Sharp. They wanted uh, Southampton wanted a fee uh, a fee for him. I think you know you've got to you've got to look at some cheeky loan bids and, and look around. You, you've got Becky O, I think is the is is the closest fit to Austin in my opinion? Um, is it? I don't know if he's going to get a game at Norwich. There's um, Maynard at, at West Ham. Is he going to get any game time? I know he came on a substitute in the in the first game. Uh, you, you've got to scout around, but we we need we need players because we're short. Yeah, you mentioned a few names there. Is there anyone else that um, you can maybe? Letters in that we've been looking at. I know Dash plays things pretty close to his chest, doesn't he? But is there any rumours that you think have had legs apart from the the Davies one? Um, there's been so many strikers mentioned. It's been unbelievable. And like you say, he keeps his cards close to his chest. It's it's hard to it's hard to know which ones are genuine and, and which ones aren't. But uh, for me, there was uh, there was legs in, in in the Craig Davis one. Um, Dash. Was was clearly interested in in Davis. He, he spoke to him after the the game at the turf. I believe they were in contact um, after after that. Um, but like I say, I think it's just a case of uh, case of money at the minute. Um, well, you mentioned Billy Sharp there, and obviously they've spent a lot of money on Danny Osvaldo in the last week, so he's surely not going to have a chance there. And maybe a loan bid might be. Coming in through one of the names that has been mentioned online is Jesse Lingard, a Man United player who had quite a good pre-season, but probably not going to get a game for them. Um, Adam, I think you've got a point to make on Lingard. 
Yeah, uh, Lingard was in the starting eleven when United played uh, the Australia A League All Stars in the uh, preseason, and he uh, he scored two cracking goals. Uh, he's quick. He's got a good touch. I mean, only twenty years old, but I mean, given that Ryan Noble's played about two minutes uh, this campaign so far, I think Lingard uh, could prove to be a good loan signing if we can get a hold of him. Um, well, the one I would certainly be interested in from Manchester United is Nick Powell, but I'm sure there'll be a massive queue of teams that would be interested in Nick Powell. I'm a big fan of it, so I think he's going to go a long way. Um, anyone else got any strong views on transfers, James? Anyone you would particularly fancy coming in? I'd, if if I got the the opportunity, if we got the opportunity to take Becky, I'd uh, I'd snatch I think him up. Becky's an excellent show. He obviously scored a lot of goals at Leeds and. Um, Norwich have brought in Hooper and Van Vosfinkel, so it's going to be... Yeah, I can't see him getting it. many games there, but he's uh, he's outstanding. And uh, and on on the game, Adam mentioned, maybe we should bring Barisha back, because he's, uh, he's on form in the A-League. How, how's he been doing, Bezart Barisha, Adam? Uh, I tell you what, well, I support Perth Glory over here, because obviously that's where I'm from, and he took a, the dive of his lifetime in the uh, grand final to oh, score dear. a penalty for Brisbane. I'm, I'm disappointed. Not, not Dis- his biggest didn't learn that at Burnley. It didn't learn that at yeah. Burnley, definitely not. It's because he didn't play. Um, I, I think I'm right in saying <laughs> that he's one of the highest paid players in the league um, over there, but I'm not entirely sure. I think they've, yeah, they've I changed think, I think the pay structure for him. It's been verified, yeah. I think it'll be interesting to to see um, how um, how John Gadetti's developed as well. I mean, he had a he had a great spell uh, in the Dutch league, um, and it showed it showed sparks of, of talent while he was with us. I don't think he really got the chance to shine while he was here, but you know, so someone like that, someone you're obviously in competition with so many other teams, and, and you've got to try and find someone who's who's not in, in demand and someone maybe like John Gadetta. Well, it is obviously tricky with our budget, but there, there must surely be a little bit of room with um, the Austin money, so hopefully we will see a couple coming in. Um, there's some tweets about potential players. I'm sure Naki Wells is going to get a mention. People on Twitter seem to love Naki Wells. Um, Adam? Uh, yeah, Matt Hall Naki mentions Wells, Naki Wells. <laughs> and, um, Still and- a couple of the weekend, to be fair. <laughs> Andy Dewhurst says uh, strikers such as Luke Moore, Ebanks Blake or Macheda. And then another person says Naki Wells. Luke Moore, that's, that's, oh, he's terrible. I think he left, <laughs> he, was it West Brom he's left? I think he's going to a club in Turkey, so that's a non-starter anyway. And we always talk about Ebanks Blake, he's apparently injured until October. So I think that's probably a non-starter as well. Um, Dan? Um... Not uh, well. I, I mean, Ebanks Blair has has been mentioned as as um, Doyle at, at Wolves as well. Um, it's just uh, something. Something is going to. I mean, the deadline's second of September, so there's there's not there's not much time for him to work with. Um, it needs to it, it needs to bring two or three faces in um, ASAP. Well, I certainly agree with that. I mean, I I wrote a piece for the site actually um, while we were before the Brighton game when we lost that match and said we need to take advantage of this good run, which we didn't do in January when we didn't bring anyone in while Austin was out and we were winning games and we were pushing for the top six, but we let that chance go. And I'm a bit concerned that the same thing might happen now that we've had a good run of results and that maybe glosses over the fact that the squad is quite thin. Um, James, do you think a striker, a winger, an attacking midfielder, what sort of player do you want us to bring in? 
I think we probably need one of both, to be honest. Um, I don't think Narky Wells is a star. I know people like to keep going back to him, but he's going to need a king's ransom to move from uh, Bradford at the moment. Absolutely. Um, I think they've already turned down over a million quid from someone, so yeah, I, I, no chance of Narky Wells. I think I read that they'd turned down four, so... Really? Oh, that sounds outrageous. Um, but he... People were saying, let's see if he scores in League One. Obviously, he's got off to a good start, but it's uh, it's not even September yet. So I think some people do need to just calm down and you know see whether he lasts long term. Um, it's difficult, though, isn't it? Because if if I'm not saying Wells is even a realistic target, but if we do wait too long, he could have like 15 goals by Christmas, and then there's absolutely no chance we'd be able to get him in January. So sometimes you do have to take a punt on players, which is exactly what we did on Danny Ings. And Ings now looks like he's going to be a 20-goal-a-season man, 40 goals a season, according to Andy. So you you do sometimes have to move for these players before they've proven themselves completely and just hope you can work on them a little bit. Yeah, that's a, that's a fair comment. But, I mean, I'd, I'd probably be looking to, to loan someone uh, for the for the moment um, and really try and look for an old Steve Cottrell diamond in the rough to bring in long-term, someone that you're going to get in for maybe a million and sell for four, five, six. Um, so I'd, I'd definitely look at Becky. I mean, he's made eight appearances, I think it is, for Norwich since he's been there. Then obviously they've now brought in more players, so he's probably quite a way down the pecking order. Um, and I'd love to bring in a winger, possibly someone young from one of the, the big sides, because uh, the teams that do well in the league do tend to have a sort of star, well, a future star from a, a top team playing for them. Um, we spoke about this before, didn't we? We do think that lone players can be the difference sometimes to these big clubs. Yeah, and I mean, with wingers, you're never going to get someone who's going to perform to the best of their ability every week. I mean, obviously, we saw it with Chris Eagles when we had him. One week, he'd be a world beater. Next week, you'd probably not notice he was even playing. Um, but I think that's just sort of what you get with wingers and especially what you get with someone who's young. Absolutely. I mean, we, we hear about Stanislas all the time and people criticise his consistency, but he's only in his early 20s and he's still performing to a very high standard, in my opinion. Um, Kevin, anyone in particular you'd like to see us go for? Uh, I've not played football manager in a couple of years, so I have no <laughs> idea about um, about names. Um, but I do think we need I do think we need a winger and a forward. Um, I thought we needed that. Before Wallace's injury, but now uh, I think it's it, it, it's it's it, we, we definitely need it now. Um, I think we're relatively middle, uh, relatively strong in the middle and at the back, but yeah, we're, we're far too um, far too wit too thin up wide and at the top. Um, Andy's been on the chat. He says Gadetti was quality for um, City reserves, so uh, scored a hat trick there. So maybe he's one to look at. He certainly scored a lot of goals in Holland. Uh, Maybe they'll be looking at loaning into the Premier League club. I'm not sure what will go on with them. Um, any other names, Adam Heap, that you'd like to throw into the mix as potential transfer targets? I've not got any names in particular. You, at this stage, I'd quite happily get ready to put a pillow in a Burnley shirt and put it on the field. I think we just need depth. <laughs> We've had this squad out. Um... Keith Tracy's a pillow in a Burnley shirt, isn't he? Is that harsh? I'm sorry, Keith. <laughs> we all love you, Keith. I think, that, I think that's harsh this year. He's, he's slimmed down a lot. Maybe last season, you could have said that that was the case. It's a funny one with Tracy because like people keep telling me that he's fitter than he's ever been, and other people on Twitter keep saying, "Oh, he's still carrying too much weight and he's blowing after ten minutes." He, so I'm not really sure. Is, what, I'm not really sure what to make of Tracy. He probably is carrying too much weight, but so he's getting he, there. 
he certainly... has said that. He said, you know, there's still work to do. Um, but I think he needs to be applauded, really, for the, the effort he's put in. He clearly didn't have his head screwed on right before, and he's he's doing the right things now, so step no. in the right direction. On Tracy, just, I hope it continues. Yeah, just just say, um, in, in Sean Dutch, um, I, I feel we're... We're revolving. We are evolving, should I say, under Sean Darch. Now I think we're moving on from what Eddie Howe left. He's starting to form an identity at the club now. I mean, at the end of last year, there was there was a lot of people who were dubious, critical of, you know, we weren't giving Charlie Austin the right service. Kieran Trippier looked quite restrained, but now we, we've got quite a decent brand of football. We're looking quite composed at the back, really strong, and we've got David Jones, who's very. Uh, Pleasing on the eye when he's got when he's got the ball, um, and we see we see you know we're playing some nice intricate free flowing football, and I think we are moving in the right direction. And with a few additions, whether loan or permanent signings, I think we you know we could be competitive in this division. You know, comfortably top ten. I think um, you've got a good point there. There's certainly some positive signs. We start the season better than I think most people would expect, especially after Austin was sold just a couple of days before the first game. And I think you spot on that a couple more players could just make the difference. I think we're probably looking for around mid-table at the moment, but a couple more could just make the difference and push us on to be top 10 and maybe even looking for a top six place. But I, I suppose we'll just have to see how that goes and see if Dash is able to bring anyone in who can improve on what we've got. Yeah, exactly. Time will tell. Um, well, I think we'll round it up there. Thanks for your um, comments on Twitter tonight, if you've been listening through there, and on Mixler as well, everyone who's been joining in. Um, if you listen to the, the podcast later, feel free to give us your views via Twitter as well. You can always use the hashtag NNNPod. Um, we'll be back Tuesday night with James for Preston. Um, he'll be handling the live blog and the live blog will be back on Saturday as well. Not sure we'll be running that, but someone will be in charge. And we'll be back next Monday. Thanks a lot to my panel this evening. We've had Adam from Australia, our first ever Australian guest. Dan Black from the Berlin Express as well. Producer Adam, who's been pushing the buttons. And Kevin and James as well. Thanks everyone for listening and we will be back next week. Bye. Ta-ra. Bye. See you later. You've been listening to the No Nay Never podcast. For more, visit nonaynever.net. And don't forget, follow us on Twitter at nonaynevernet. Away days are great, but there's nothing quite like playing at home. The same goes for McDonald's. Maximise your home ground advantage with McDelivery. Order now on the McDonald's app. At participating restaurants, 18 plus, serving times, delivery fee, and terms apply. See mcdonalds.com. Planning for your next trip? Elevate your travel style with Quince. Quince has all the jet-setting essentials you'll want for your next getaway, like European linen, premium luggage options, buttery soft Italian leather bags, and so much more. And is all priced at 50 to 80% less than similar brands. Plus... Quince only works with factories that use safe and ethical manufacturing practices. Pack your bags with high-quality essentials you'll be wearing for vacations to come with Quince. Go to quince.com slash pack for free shipping and 365-day returns. This podcast is proud to be part of the TalkSport Fan Network. TalkSport. Powered by fans.